0: Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Here you are. BPM's high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue This week,
1: Quick and Dirty Tips launched a new podcast called The Tech Talker, so we're all doing tech-themed topics to show our support. And I'm glad we are, because I get to tell you about a new tool from Google Books that I've been using called the Ngram Viewer that I probably wouldn't have mentioned otherwise. The Engram viewer lets you search the Google Books corpus. In this context, corpus is just a fancy word for a collection of writings. But the Google Books corpus might deserve a fancy word, because it's huge! It contains 155 billion words, and the Engram viewer lets you search those words. And then it makes graphs of how often your search terms appeared over time, starting around 1800. Among other things, I've used it to see that printed materials have included the word schadenfreude more often in recent years, and that wet your whistle, W-E-T, is much more common in print than wet your whistle, W-H-E-T, even though the Oxford English Dictionary lists both options. It can be a little addictive once you start playing with it. I find myself thinking, Well, sure, people say gone missing is a new phrase that's driving them crazy, but is it really so new, and is it really increasing? Or, when did graduated college start showing up in print instead of graduated from college? These questions seem a lot easier to answer once you can search a corpus. The Google Books corpus is by no means the only corpus on the web, but from what I've seen, it has the simplest interface, which makes it easier for beginners to use. However, its simplicity and the way it was made means that it also has some important limitations. The first thing to keep in mind while searching is that English has changed a lot since the 1800s. We say things differently than we used to. For example, in the early 1800s, they made the phrase somebody else possessive differently than we would today. In 1810, you could have talked about somebody's else problem instead of somebody else's problem. So be a bit wary of results from long ago. They can be skewed by language changes you don't know about. Also, the n-gram viewer is case-sensitive, and nouns were capitalized in English more often in the 1800s than they are today. It's always a good idea to do your search with the words lowercase and capitalized, just to make sure you haven't missed something. The Google Books corpus was created by scanning physical books and then using optical character recognition to create the database of words. But optical character recognition isn't perfect. For example, on its About Google Books Engram viewer page, Google notes that the word internet appears in the database in documents older than 1950. But how can that be? Well, it's not because of time-traveling software engineers. It's because of optical character recognition errors. For that reason, the Ngram viewer isn't a reliable way to find the first real instance of a word in print. Optical character recognition can cause other problems, too. For searches in the very early 1800s, you have to take into account something called the medial S or the long S. Back then, printers had two forms of the letter S, and one looks so much like an F that it can be interpreted as an F by today's software programs. For example, in some old books, English will appear to Google Books to be spelled E-N-G-L-I-S-F. I I put a picture of a scan from an old book into uh, the transcript at quickanddirtytips.com so you can see what this looks like. It's never made enough of a difference to matter in my searches, but if you're focusing on the early 1800s, it's something you should know about. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available Intelligent Four-Wheel Drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent Four-Wheel Drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
0: Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away.
1: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod50 for 50% off. It's also important to keep the differences between British English and American English in mind when you're searching. The default search combines British and American sources, but there's a pull-down menu that lets you search just one or the other. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to find a way to compare British and American usage on the same graph the way you can compare separate phrases. For example, you get a graph of approximately the same shape when you search the British and American databases for the British phrase, Bob's your uncle, which means something like, and there you go. But you have to look carefully at the scale of the two separate graphs to see that the phrase is more common in Britain. Of course, no matter what form of English we're talking about, we also have words with the same spelling, but completely different meanings. For example, make sure that if you want to search about the shore, as in the beach, you use other search terms that will omit the verb shore, as in to shore up a position, and that you're excluding references to the TV show Jersey Shore. For example, a search for the two words the shore would probably be more precise than just shore alone. It also doesn't take long, playing with the engram viewer, to start stumbling on weird spikes that you suspect you could explain if only you knew more about history. In 1865, there was a spike in the word missing in American English. Maybe it's related to the Civil War? And between 1941 and 1949, there was a spike in the phrase, went missing. Maybe because of World War II? I'm not sure. Other events can confound you, too, not just wars. I recently wrote a blog post about whether apple cider is redundant, because cider is defined in some dictionaries as juice from apples. The Ngram viewer shows that the use of apple cider started increasing around 1900, and that seemed to make sense with the Oxford English Dictionary definition, which said that apple cider used to mean fermented juice from other fruits. But then a commenter on the blog, Victor Steinbach, mentioned laws about apple cider vinegar that went into effect around that time. And lo and behold, the graft for apple cider vinegar shows a similar pattern to the one for apple cider alone, and is pretty clearly contributing to the change in use that originally looked like it was just about apple cider. Without Victor's tip about the vinegar controversy, it never would have occurred to me to include vinegar in the search. Finally, even though it's 155 billion words, the Google Books corpus doesn't even come close to including every book ever published, and some genres may be disproportionately represented. If that could be a problem for your research, you can choose to search Google's smaller 1 million database, which attempts to compensate for that particular problem. So are you intrigued and want to play with more advanced corpora? Well, a good place to start is at the Corpus page of Mark Davies, a linguist at Brigham Young University. That's uh, corpus.byu.edu. His interfaces allow you to do things like search for words that appear near each other, but not necessarily next to each other, or to limit your search to certain parts of speech. And that's just the beginning. Again, it's at corpus.byu.edu, and I'll put a link in the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. Finally, sign up for my email newsletter at Quick and Dirty Tips to find out how you can get your free Grammar Girl computer wallpapers when you pre-order my new book, 101 Words to Sound Smart. You have to send in your receipt by November 7th to get the wallpapers, so sign up for the newsletter today at quickanddirtytips.com to get the details. I'll also be posting them to my Twitter and Facebook accounts, and I'm Grammar Girl on both those networks. I'm Mignon Fogarty. That's all. Thanks for listening.
0: Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast In more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life, which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink, on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal, on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi.